I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you think about and reflect on your business, not just do your business. You know, what I try to do is take different topics that I think are especially relevant, relevant to the times, but also relevant to taking your business to the next level. This podcast series is supported by my friends at Professional Remodeler, as well as many strategic alliances out there in the industry, certainly including Service Finance, Engage, and many others. Today, I want to talk about a topic that's a little bit different in that, you know, it's a question. It's a question that you should be asking yourself, but also I think it's a question that I think that's especially important, especially important to you to be focused at halftime, middle part of certainly 2023 in the year. And that is, you know, what are you seeing out there? You know, as I think about this topic, a fairly common question I oftentimes get from people just as, you know, opening kind of icebreaker, so to speak, is, hey, Mark, what are you seeing out there? And then very soon after that, after I share some of those, another question that they ask is, what are others doing? You know, the reality is, is that you might be doing certain things that you could certainly learn from what others are doing as well. So I'm going to try to address some of those questions on our podcast today. And that is, Mark, what are you seeing out there? And the way for me to adjust this or think about this is really break it into three fundamental kind of areas that I'll share some insights on. One is that I'm very much about what am I seeing out there from a macro level, from kind of a big picture economy kind of level industry level. The second is from a consumer level. And the third is from you and your business level and what others are really seeing out there all across the country. So from a macro level, I will start by saying, you know, it's really pretty clear that there is some softening going out there in terms of the market. That softening certainly is is manifests itself in all sorts of elements. But if you really listen to the news at all, which I don't do very often, but I certainly feel like I have an understanding of what's going on, but you also listen to some of the economists out there, I think it's fairly safe to say that's enough little wiggliness, enough softening going out there that really, I think, you forces you to look at, I think, some of the things that many of the questions that are out there. You know, what's interesting about it is Harvard's Remodeling Futures in 2022, you know, actually experienced about a 12% growth in uh, in the year of, of 2022. And then going into this year, they were projecting about 5 or 6% growth. And now that's been updated more about 3% level of growth. Now, if you really sit back and think about those numbers and you said, oh, my goodness, we've gone from 12 down to five or six, down to three, most, I think, rational people would say, boy, that looks like the sky is falling and there's a real trajectory. However, if you look at the last 20, 25 years, it's only averaged about 4% growth per year. And the bottom line is, it is growth. It's not not growth. It's not going down necessarily or in the negative as it's been on many occasions over the last 25 years. 
you know, one of the things that Harvard looks at is something called the LIRA, Leading Indicator of Remodeling Activity. I encourage you to kind of keep that in mind. You know, I think many, many, many pundits out there are trying to forecast what is happening out there. But one of the things I like about the Harvard perspective is they look at many different variables and they pull them all together. They look at unemployment. They look at home appreciation. They look at the stock market. They look at consumer confidence. They look at new home construction. And then another key indicator that they look at is interest rates. And when you look at many of those, many of those are pluses and minuses. Matter of fact, if you look at different downturns that have happened over the last 20, 30 years, you know, the indicators that have come out are not consistently all going down. Some of them are better and some of them are worse than others, but ultimately it allows them to forecast what the future is. However, one of the key indicators that I'm watching out there pretty carefully as it relates to uh, the 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 uh, lira, is interest rates. Now, we all know that that all residential construction is not created equal, and interest rates I think are one where it kind of manifests itself. Interest rates climbing, climbing, climbing up to the level that they are right now, uh, really has created a dynamic that has has huge challenges for new construction. However, the headline is interest rates are kind of a blessing and a curse as it relates to uh, remodeling. So let me just kind of unpack that for you. Uh, my friends over at John Burns actually did a little bit of a presentation and they talked about, you know, some interesting things. About 85% of the homeowners out there have interest rates right now or mortgages that are less than 5%. And about 71% have said if it, if it's above 5.5, which it is right now, then they don't want to get a new mortgage. So if you really think about that, homeowners out there are thinking about, okay, do I stay or do I move? Well, the bottom line is when they have a 3% mortgage and they're looking at literally doubling or even more that mortgage going out and buying a different house, they might be doubling or tripling their mortgage payment just by the act of moving into a new home. So as a result, it's obviously going to pause them from moving and staying in their existing house. Now, one thing COVID is forced and required for many, many homeowners out there is it stalled them in terms of doing these things. So it's only gotten worse over time. Therefore, their thirst and willingness to be able to do a pretty significant project in their home is really much, much greater. One of the indicators that I watch for, and we saw this in 2008 that I think is especially important, is the average sale or the average size dollar volume of a project. It's something to go back, not to go back the last month or two, but go back the last 12 or 18 months, really, and see how that compares to your average ticket or average cost of project um, you know, two or three years ago or four years ago. And what we found with many of the better remodeling companies all around the country is that in a down market, in a market that's softening, that's going down, one of the key indicators that goes down is that average ticket. Matter of fact, in 2008, talking to a bunch of leading remodelers, it went down about 30 to 40 percent. 
Well, it wasn't the number of clients. It wasn't the number of projects. It was the average ticket that went down. And therefore, their business dropped off pretty dramatically. And most businesses cannot afford to drop 30 or 40% in a relatively short period of time. So what's different right now is the average tickets have not gone down. For most of the best, better remodeling companies, the average ticket has maintained or even increased over the course of the last year. So it's something that you really want to really focus on and, and focus, focus on carefully. Another little indicator that popped up as a result of a survey, survey that was done by suppliers and manufacturers, while they certainly don't control subcontractors or labor, they do control the materials in the supply chain. And we're, we're going to be seeing better and better results or continued better results that it just won't be the topic of conversation coming up in the future supply chain. But what's also interesting is we're expecting some uh, uh, reduction the predictions are about three to four percent reduction in terms of cost as from the supply chain. Now, I'm not really counting on that because there's so many other costs that go into a remodeling project. But what I am saying is that really, I think, helps to go against some of the uh, inflationary things that are happening out there uh, and, 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 and uh, price escalation with the remodeling projects. So the bottom line, I think, on the macro level stuff, and certainly my advice, is that you've got to stop predicting so much. You've got to stop focusing necessarily on what it's going to be six months from now. Focus on the real news today. But at a macro level, yes, it's a little bit softer, but it's not bad out there. And I'm going to talk about what some of the leading remodeling firms are doing here in a minute, but I think that there's clearly a division of those that are really making it happen and those that aren't, and those that aren't are usually blaming it on the macro level, not necessarily what what's real out there. Okay, my second part of this podcast that I want to touch on is the whole focus on the consumer itself. We've seen tremendous change, I think, when it comes to the consumer that's going on out there. Matter of fact, if you look at the stages of things, that how they were paralyzed in the beginning of the COVID, then all of a sudden they're ordering things going crazy and home improvement was a silver lining in the home. Then I think there was a realization with all of the supply chain problems that, that uh, they, they had to be patient uh, in, in 2022. Otherwise, you know, it wasn't really going to do them any good. And now I think we're dealing with kind of this phase four level or different kind of stage. So the consumer today, I think, is very, very different than they were in 2021. Now, for those that have listened to this podcast before, you've heard from me the consumer or your client is your biggest competitor. It's their fears. It's their ignorance. And it's their overwhelm. Matter of fact, a good friend of mine, Pam, Pam Tory, she kind of coined this word for me that really helps me to understand much, much better who the consumer is today, 2023 versus 2021 and 22, and that is they become feral. And for anyone that understands what a feral cat or a feral animal is, it's an animal that has escaped from captivity. It's one that is very, very hard to control. They don't want to cuddle up to you and be super friendly. 
And, you know, once you start to realize that's who the consumer is today, then all of a sudden I think you're, you're realizing why it's a little bit more challenging. Matter of fact, I had a conversation the other day with some of my friends at Google, and they talked about this notion of they're acting like they're going to do a remodeling project. It's almost like fake remodelers or fake clients in a way because we're seeing cancellations and drop-offs being quite a bit. Now, I'm not saying they're not going into this with full intention, but because they're feral, because they've escaped, you've got, you're dealing with, again, you're dealing with ignorance, you're dealing with fears, but most importantly, overwhelm of options and priorities. They're back in the game. Travel has become as big a competitor for remodeling as almost anything else. So as you sit back and think about the, the, the business, you've got to really adjust, I think, some of your consumer strategies. Matter of fact, Cleveland Research shared something about six months ago that continues to be super important. And that is in surveying homeowners, they want to do the project. They want to do the project. And unlike the past today, they're willing to substantially reduce the specifications and finishes to get the fundamental project. Now, what does that mean for you? That means that you really have to adjust your thinking. If you're a quality remodeler, you've got to get off of your soapbox and stop saying that they've got to go with the Anderson or the Pella or the Marvin window and even consider putting in a builder window. Now, I'm not advocating necessarily that's a great solution, but you've got to allow them to buy, not you sell them on certain products and services. Because it's going to be the difference between getting the project or not getting the project. But we brought in a futurist to talk about, you know, how things have changed really over the course of the last 20 or 30 years. And one of the things that they said that continues to resonate for me is that, that the, the consumer has, has become the controller of the remodeling process. And it's a controller of your time. It's controller of the selections. It's controller of the whole process itself. And I think the more that you realize that's your biggest competitor out there, the better you'll be. Let me shift to the third part. And this is the part of not only what am I seeing out there, but what are others doing? So there's really two parts to this that I'd like to do is just share a little bit of what I'm seeing out there in terms of the businesses and certainly the top salespeople are out there. But most importantly, what are they doing to counteract, I think, this consumer and this macro environment? So first of all, of 10 different remodelers out there, there's nine different dialects. So number one, you've got to understand that, that your way of doing things is your way, and you've got to adjust and uh, uh, tweak what you're doing, not necessarily emulate what everyone else is doing. So I'm a big believer, as I've talked about in earlier podcasts, it's important to pivot, important to just, you know, one or two degrees on different fronts if you're going to be successful. One of the things I find out there, and I lead a thought leader group as well as a design build forum group, uh, you know, window installer group, several groups that are out there. And one of the things I absolutely see is what I call the haves and the haves nots. You know, as I've surveyed about 20, 25% of those companies that are out there 
are having record years, are having great years. And then there's about 20, 25% that are down at the bottom that are absolutely b- blaming the macro environment and, and having terrible years. And then about 50% in the middle, they're doing okay or doing fine. Maybe they're a little bit off some of their key projections, but for the most part, they're, they're doing fine. So there's a real division, more of a division today between the haves and the haves nots. And what I'm seeing with that is that there, the difference between the haves and haves nots, in addition to the mindset that they're not blaming it on the market, they're actually doing something about it, is they're focused on marketing. They haven't necessarily cut their marketing spend like many people have, certainly when the phone was ringing off the hook a year or two ago. Uh, they're, they're deputizing their team to be more marketers. They're putting the calories, the energy. It's not just expense when it comes to marketing. It's calories and energy, and they're doing some really interesting and smart things. Second is that they're adjusting their sales process to match the consumer and how the consumers changed out there. They're very much focused on sales, sales training, sales techniques, sales tools as it relates. And then last but not least, while they're eating away at their backlogs, which is actually, I would say, is a positive thing, operationally, they have their act together. Now, that sounds a little bit loosey-goosey, but what it really mean is they're not spending all their time looking in the rearview mirror, fixing, dealing with mistakes, dealing with challenges that are out there. They're focused more to the future in terms of 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 what the opportunities out there, and they have operationally their their processes, their systems, their acts act together. So, the third element that I'm seeing out there really kind of ties into this thing I brought up about the average ticket as a, as a macro environment. And I think it's very important for businesses out there today to really look at some of their key metrics, key numbers. And in a very, very simplistic way, you've got to look at, you know, your number of leads, your close rate, and your average ticket, those three things all together. Now, do some simple math. If you got a hundred leads at a twenty percent close rate and an average project size of a hundred thousand dollars, that's going to give you about two million dollars in sales or revenue. Now, imagine the leads drop to seventy-five. Yes, there's some softening going on, but if you can focus on the close rate moving from twenty to twenty-five percent, which is really just one in twenty. It's not even one in 10, it's one in 20. So in other words, be better at the sales. And then you allow that average ticket to be what it is, about 120,000. When you put that down to paper, now all of a sudden, with seeing 75 versus 100 leads, you have 2.3 million or 2.25 million. And that number really adds up to about a 10% growth. Now, I'm not trying to overly simplify it or put a lot of spin on it. What I am saying is if you are experiencing some key metrics that are lower than others, you can counterbalance them by things that you can control. And I would argue your close rate and certainly your average ticket size are a couple of things you might have more control than just getting the phone to ring at all. So five things that I want you to think about in terms of what are others doing to really have some success in this market. Number one is selling down. You've got to sell down. If the client wants to spend 
200,000 on a project or 100,000 or 50,000. Be super respectful to that. Don't allow the budget creep. Don't allow the fantasy. You've got to control the fantasy. You've got to break apart and have the client understand. These are the things you have to do. These are the things that you want to do. And these are the fantasy or the master planning things. You know, don't allow that project to grow because you're going to end up losing it or having the have the client kick the can down the road and not necessarily do the project right now. Number two is train on urgency. If you go back to some of my podcasts or some of my training, you've got to focus on creating urgency. The urgency has got to come from you. And that urgency is in the client, it's in the project, and it's in your schedule. But if you do that early on, you're going to find, I think, a lot more success. And leverage the data when it comes to urgency, not just the emotion. Number three is technology, and this has come out of the COVID environment. Technology is not just a behind-the-curtain thing for you. It is a sales tool. So you've got to leverage the technologies. You don't keep it a secret that you're doing these things with technology with clients and make it an integral part of your presentation when it comes to clients. People want to have technology-savvy companies, and it's really a representation of your professionalism and your ability to deliver amazing service for them. Number five is your time. You know, now more than ever, and I wrote a book on the art of time mastery, might be a good time to dust this off and read it, your time is what is uh, uh, gonna be a biggest challenge. Time is not on your side. Time kills deals. You've got to adjust your thinking, I think, when it comes to time today. And if you can tweak and adjust that and be focused on the right things, uh, you're going to see more success. And then lastly is, uh, I, I'd just, just say, I can't emphasize enough, you know, you've got to put more time and energy into training. Now, many companies say, oh, I don't have time for doing more training. A good friend of mine who, who sold his businesses, uh, Brian Gottlieb, uh, said, you know, literally in a talk that he gave uh, a couple of years ago, he said, you know, when I started this business, I was a remodeling business. Then I realized five, six, seven years into the business, I was a sales and marketing business. Then, you know, as I grew and, and, and made the business better, I realized I'm a training organization. Training, 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 I think is the key if you're going to be successful moving forward. So I want to thank everybody for listening to this little podcast. I hope at least it gave you some insights on both having some confidence relative to the macro environment, understanding the consumer is pretty wiggly out there. So you've got to be as much of a therapist and a marriage counselor as you do a remodeling expert. And lastly, realize that you can get out there and make it happen. Do something about it. It's not going to be influenced just by the consumer or the macro environment. So take care, everyone.